there's a vision of our soul shine I can feel it yours and mine close your eyes and witness it inside in your bones you will know trust and let go This is episode eight of All Things in the Name of Love. This episode is entitled Coming Back to Life as the Redefined You. We all naturally go through cycles of death and rebirth in our lives. For many of us, this is a gradual process where we become anew. We get a new job, enter a new relationship, or move without much thought about how events such as these change us. However, many people may be afraid or resist change clutching onto old beliefs, patterns, relationships, or simply the way they see themselves, not knowing what is on the other side of the unknown. But if you surrender to the divine plan and trust in what is unfolding, if you allow yourself to see the divine perfection that lies within and allow the light and the shadow to integrate together, the old can die, the new can be reborn, and you can allow yourself to truly step forward into your truest and highest self. On today's episode, we share what it means to come back to life as the redefined you, along with the release of her new book, Musings on Weirdness and Love and Meditation, available through Balboa Press. And this is author Piper Willoughby. Piper is an ordinary human, like we all are, whose journey of self-discovery has led her through a great transformation, allowing her to connect with the very essence of who she is and letting her light shine brightly in the universe. Piper, I am so freaking honored to have you on the program because your book just blew me away. Thank you. It's good to hear <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I just had to have a bit of a giggle about all the uh, interruptions and things, you know, throughout the beginning of this. I mean, it just, it just makes me laugh. It makes me think that, you know, it's always the way it's supposed to be and it's all in good fun. And I'm really excited to be here today. I'm glad that my book moved you. I know that it's an intense book. It's raw and you can feel the emotions uh, as you're reading it. And, um, and I know people do need to put it down from time to time. Um, and it's transformative. So I'm happy to be here to talk about that with you. Thank you. So what was the path that, like what, what, what caused you to birth this amazing book? Um, I, I wanna back up a little bit to yeah. a couple years before the book started. I was actually very ill and in bed, uh, except to you know drive my children to, the sc to school in the morning, pick them up. By that time of day, I was lucky if I could even stand to sort of like prepare a meal. I was in a lot of pain with fibromyalgia and with rheumatoid arthritis, which, which I'd had since the age of four. And I was consequently also on a lot of medication, including, including you know, anti-anxiety, antidepressants. I mean, things really were not great for me. I was struggling. I, mean, I was sober. I think I was in my maybe sixth, seventh year of sobriety. So things weren't, you know, as bad as they had been. But my body was just having more and more problems, issues uh, all over the place. So one of my kids came to me and said, why don't I, let's try clean eating. This was, she wanted to try it the summer before she went off to college. And I didn't even know what that meant, you know, but I do know that also right around the time I'd started a daily meditation practice and I started changing the way I ate. And clean eating simply means just eating things that don't have additives in it, you know, that are natural products uh, to the most, most natural substance, like an apple and almonds instead of a bag that says, this is healthy on it, right? So um, I started feeling better and I felt like, it felt like all of these like toxins in my cells were just sort of like dripping out of them and, and it was amazing transformation. And then I started thinking, do I really need, you know, all this medication? And little bit by little, I started going off of all of them. And within six months, I was off of all of them. Within a year, I had lost like 70 pounds without going on a diet. I was up and doing my life. Um, 
I'd had a spiritual awakening during the course of this because of a catalyst who walked back into my life after a very long period of time, who has the definition of being a my twin flame, quote unquote. And that really, uh, everything just shook up in my world. And so during the course of going through the whole process, I was journaling, 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 journaling. I didn't know I was writing a book until I was writing a book, right? Like right, right. it sort of came out of me. And uh, it was very beneficial, very healing for me to be, you know, journaling all the time. And yeah, so. I get that. How I get here. <laughs> I have walked through a lot of pain and I know there's a lot of people you see in groups and twin flame groups in, in the twin flame community who, who are in a lot of pain and people trying desperately to walk through that pain, but not knowing how, or thinking that they have completely walked through it and they're still holding their guard up. They're still not allowing in that love. They still have issues that they haven't tapped into and, and it's possible to, to, to do it. it. That journey is hard, but it is definitely so worth it on the other end of it. And, and I wanted to write something that would be enjoyable to read in, in a novel style, but also something that could show people that, you know, to keep going. You can walk this path. It's doable. So along with that, because I've had spiritual mentors that I've worked with for the past five, six years, for me, my, my unconscious stuff is ridiculously old. <laughs> because you know when yes. we have these things it's like just old and like stuff will come up and I'll get these physical symptoms I'll, my teeth will hurt if I have resistance then if mm. I ignore my teeth my nose will start getting stuffy and then if it gets really bad my knee starts hurting then I'm like okay what what is the resistance and I have to go through the process of digging through my unconscious and I know for me sometimes it comes really easily and sometimes it takes days. But you keep you keep you keep working towards that though, right? Because you oh, know yeah. you're, you know you're, you're not quite there. You're not quite there. You're not quite there. And then you can't even believe how deep you had to go because you didn't think that was possible. Am I right? Right. Like, right. And and of course my mind because I'm I have academic training. I want to dig, like consciously dig, 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 and that doesn't work because that just makes it hide well yeah when you have to tap into the emotional the feeling of it the energy of it right and mm -hmm. continue to ask questions mm -hmm. sometimes the digging and continue to do your inner childhood healing because the more that little girl will come out and interact with you the less they're gonna want you know keep hiding and yeah it's like so so because I don't know how many of our of my listeners know what inner child is. Do you want to talk to me about that process? Because I, I do it. She's very, my inner child is a big personality of me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's so many levels to us, right? We know that we are, we have an emotional body and an emo, well, we call them bodies in the spiritual community, don't we? So uh, we have, um, a spiritual body, a physical body, our emotional body, our mental body. We have an etheric fields, right? We have our higher self. We have our inner child. We have the masculine side of us. We have the feminine side of us, the yin yang. This is a very complex thing going on with us, isn't there? That is not And the inner child really is that, that essentially most wounded aspect of you and the most joyful aspect of you, those parts of you that you experienced when you were younger. And a lot of the, the wounding is from, you know, potential trauma as a child, or even just like being raised in a normal environment, there's still things that we're lacking. And I, and I think like you were saying, these issues for you go way, way, way back. They go back they go back generations, right? They go back throughout, through our DNA line ancestrally. I mean, so anytime we're healing that now as lightworkers on this planet or people who are here, you know, sort of in the forward part of this movement, 
we're healing it for the collective as well. And sometimes what you're feeling also is coming from the collective because maybe issues you have almost completely dealt with and you know that, and then it comes up again. It's like, it's a collective thing that day that you're helping to anchor. So yeah, the inner child um, is someone I find that I need to go back to more frequently than I thought I was going to have to. And I was, really fortunate I did my inner child work with this great guy who uh, made me do every age from well I did from 2 to 16 and I spent like a week with each age and every and I found out things about like like I was thinking why was I always crying when I was 10 years old you know it didn't make sense to me because when I was nine years old my my arthritis was really bad and I had a couple surgeries that year and you would have thought the nine-year-old me would have been a sad little girl right because the 10-year-old was much better uh physically but it was because of some other stuff that went on in my life at 10 you know and that I sort of was able to release at that point and um yeah so inner child work is really important I have a painting behind me of um, that my inner child is painting this week because I just it was something she needed to get out and it turns out to be oh yeah that's lovely yes so this bring it over the bad lighting this is turning into is a painting exercise I'm doing that one of my friends wrote a book about and it's freedom what does freedom mean for you and apparently freedom for me means one of the places my soul needs to live at which is a little town called Joseph Oregon and she was painting like wildly and I'm like what what am I painting and of course because my ego is saying what am I painting what am I painting I just let that go and she just went to town. And then last night, as I saw her painting the moon and the stars and the shooting stars in the mountains, I went, I know what she's painting. Oh my gosh, she's painting Joseph Oregon because that's where she feels free. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's just so amazing because I, I didn't have any preconceived notions of what I was going to do. And that's what happens when you just stop thinking yes you release your ego and you say okay just come on through me and i um i've been afraid of the paintbrush for a really long time and just recently i've dedicated myself to painting every day for a year and it's only been maybe three four weeks now and i, I gotta say this though like what you know my writing represents my pain my painting represents my joy so that's kind of a cool thing, but I, awesome. I know a really neat exercise for inner child uh, work with painting is painting with your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, you paint Ooh. with your left hand because it brings, or you could use chalks or crayons, or I like to use both hands. I'll get like big paper on the floor and do this kind of thing. It brings up in you that feeling that you had before you knew how to write or draw or, or had control of your dominant hand. Oh, I like so that. Emotions from that age will arise in you. So it's a really cool exercise. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to try that because that just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I've just been, you know, I'm just, she's picking the paints out and going like, okay, I'm just going to be doing this. And I'll be, because I'm, me I'll be avoiding it all day and I'll be ready to go to bed and she's like yeah no you haven't painted yet like, that's awesome okay. see but you're listening see you're listening even yeah. though you're fighting you're a little bit only yeah. that resistance. like why do we have that resistance as human beings I find myself doing that all the time all the time and I, I, I'd just rather be lazy or I'd rather put it off or keep it on that list of to do or just <laughs> that list that saps my energy, you know, that doesn't allow me to like go back to finishing the second book and stuff. It, I, it's not that it's not allowing me, it's that I'm not allowing, right? And I'm just, we get so wrapped up in our heads about the world we live in and mm -hmm. they're all- or the expansion, like what's on the, what's on the other side of that fear that we're having? Because all we feel is the fear and what we forget is that fear is a thought and like what i mean what i mean by that i mean yes it's 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 in our dna it's all through but ultimately it's what's controlling us is the thought the unconscious thought
like um, our ego trying to protect us. Right. And so how to navigate that to get that little nugget. I, as an example, um, I had a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a medium for the first time ever, and she felt my dad's energy come in. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad. And all I felt was love and he was playing because he was a playful person. And then like two days later, I had this deep release of this old, old pain that I didn't even know I was carrying. And it was because of circumstances around my grandfather's death that my emotionally disconnected dad disconnected from me. I see. And so I didn't realize that I was holding this, this sadness of where did my dad go? I lost my grandfather, who's my best friend. And then my dad, in addition to that, in the space of six months, and I never got my dad back. Yeah. And so that was... You never felt it. You never, never could felt allow it. Until, until she called him in. And then I felt that love again. Mm-hmm. And it was like that's what I was missing for 30 years now 40 years because he's been dead 10 years but like that's what I was missing and I was just bawling and just like that whole process of just not judging it just feeling it and I think that's something in our culture we forget is it's okay to feel your feelings absolutely and yeah I think we're, we're afraid of that pain we're so afraid to feel that pain to why 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 is that so hard for us like we're and we're just taught repeatedly stuff it down stuff it down stuff it down or you know we get placated oh that's too bad i know you're having a hard day and then it's over and you move on and you don't bring it up again and you know and i found that some of this emotional processing i mean it's it's a much shorter process now it might take i might feel wonky from a couple hours but it used to sometimes be like a couple weeks early on for me you know and and sometimes i would um i i want what what may, began to make a lot of sense to me was that emotional healing takes just as long of time sort of in bed as physical healing does. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we don't allow for that kind of thing in our society. You know, they don't give you sick days for emotional health unless you take one for, uh, on your own. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. only about the physical stuff, but like 90, they say nine, up to 98% of all of our ailments are actually, a result of unprocessed emotions Mm -hmm. you know and an imbalance in the body somewhere Mm -hmm. so it's pretty amazing and when I look at the amount of like self-healing I've done it's really cool and I know that um, this is also a gift of like walking through this journey you know And, and as a result of it I've been able to like do so much more healing on myself now you know like if I if I cut myself with a knife when I'm cooking, I can actually heal that skin back in like 20 minutes to grow back together again. And I talk to my body all the time in gratitude and love. And, um, you know, I was getting like osteo. Well, that's pretty much gone now. And, uh, yeah, just little things. I mean, I'm not saying every single thing, but I really feel that it's sort of epigenetics, right? It's like, it's like where we have control, not control, but we can consciously change our DNA. Mm-hmm. And so well, that's, that's, that's kind of like my new thing and what I'm learning about and working on. It's so fascinating because I, I love Bruce Lipton. I think mm-hmm. he's a fascinating guy. And the whole concept of nothing's predetermined because it isn't in quantum physics. It's all probabilities. Right. And to wrap my beautiful, amazing brain around that, because my soul knows it. My soul's like, well, of course, right? Because yeah, I'm a possibility. Right. But my academic is like, okay, so I understand. And this, and this, and this. So, so I have to change my thoughts so I can change my physiology. Um, okay, I can do this. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not something you have to figure out. It just is. And it's it's such an interesting process of unconditioning that questioning skeptic into just being what I was when I was little. 
I never questioned anything. I was just like, hey, you know, I can walk into a flock of geese and they're going to be my friends and I'm not going to worry about it because they're my right. friends. Right. It never occurred to me that adult geese can be really protective or aggressive. I think also like questioning. Yeah. So you, so you just, you have no fear and you're not, and you're not holding any of that in your space. And so those geese aren't, aren't bothered by you either because they can feel your good energy. And right. that's, yeah. Which that's, is one of the things I want to get back to is that preconditioned self where it is down. And not have that fear that that filtered through my DNA, multiple lifetimes, karmic, whatever it is that it is, and just be that source of light that I know I am. And one of the ways I can pull myself back into that spot when I'm whacked out is reminding myself to come back to the present moment. Because mm -hmm. living in the present moment, theoretically, there would be no fear, right? Not in this moment, or this one, or this one, or this one, or this one. It, you kind of put your thoughts, and you're more focused on your beingness. Right. right? Yeah. It's, it's a cool journey, though, you know, to be able to be aware of all this. And I'm like you. I'm not academically, but trained but I'm very analytical of my own thoughts all the time all the time all the time all the time and so I get it and then I I, I started realizing you know these belief systems um are so ingrained in us that we don't even realize they're belief systems when mm -hmm. like each time I recognize a new one something else comes up I, I wish I could think right now of like the little trivial ones right like if you get a temperature and a sore throat, you have to, you have to go to the doctor mm -hmm. or I don't know. Oh, they're, they're pervasive. And it's like, how did they get that one? A societal yeah. definition of dish definitions of love and relationship oh. and sexuality and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's, female it's, roles in, a, in our, in our world. And they're all just belief systems. Yeah, they are. And I just realized that I'm not talking in my mic. I'm, I'm like, I wonder how, how the editing is going to be like. All right, I'll lean over more there. I'll be built to. It's okay. If it doesn't come out, we'll have to redo it or something. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Like, All right, I picked that one. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the questions from Jonathan for a moment because um, I think he, there's a little focus that he wants me to have with you. Talk to me about the relationship between the story's two main characters, Alex and Annie, and how they helped each other to connect with their highest and truest selves. Well, uh, Alex and Annie, as I said earlier, what we would consider twin flames, which are two people who are an energetically on the exact same frequency, I would say, or, or you know, the more romantic definition of it is one soul and two bodies right okay. and so that's the basis for this catalytic relationship because they're mirroring each other their own issues and that is how they help each other connect with their highest and truest selves which is essentially who we are is our highest and truest selves we just mm -hmm. they show each other especially annie because Alex is sort of looking and then turning around and looking and turning yeah. around. And, uh, but Annie's watching the whole thing and going, what is it showing me that where I'm lacking? You know, why do I feel abandoned again? Why, why do I have this fear of not being good enough? Uh, you know, uh, all of these issues around, around herself and her experience that she's having. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just very complicated and well, it doesn't need to be complicated, but in in Annie's mind, it's always complicated, and in Alex's mind, it's not it's not such a complicated thing. It's just something that's unusual, you know, different magic. But you know, why analyze it? It is what it is. <laughs> but they definitely, uh, you know, are the instigators in in this whole process of evolving spiritually. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. It, it, that's what I felt. I, what I 
I was very empathetic with Annie because I get it. It was like the, the analytical, like, well, but why is this happening? And he's like, well, but it just is. <laughs> That's not an answer. <laughs> That's right. It's not an answer to me, to Annie either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't want you to bring up something else for me. You know, and, and then I love the one too, where it's a, but you know, you've invited this into your experience because you create your own reality. So everything that you see, perceive, experience, you know, feel, think, and do, you've created. And you're thinking, really? Or, or, you know, this is what I create. Like, why, why am I doing this to myself if that's the case? Yeah. And, I can't see that I you know or then the other one is you signed a soul contract an agreement before you came down here that this was the way things were gonna work out for you and your life in every single situation and then you know I I also find myself sitting here going really I signed up for this like oh I, oh god I don't why would I sign up for this you were this excited is about this mean I could ever imagine which is uh you know the dark night of the soul which is getting to that point where you literally feel because of your emotional pain that physically you are going to die. Mm -hmm. I think that's why so many people are afraid of walking towards it. Yeah. Cause it's a hard thing to experience, mm -hmm. but there's a rebirth after it isn't, you know, and uh, it's, it is, it's, I have moments where I think I'm getting, like, I think I've already experienced and then I get deeper and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I know. I, I know. I know. You get deeper and then you're like, wow. I didn't even know you could get deeper and we're like, yeah, that's it, man. I'm on this journey for my life. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. This is not like a one-time thing. Mm -mm. It'd be so cool if it was like, okay, penultimate pain. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I think, I think you do get to a point where you, well, I mean, I can't say never say never, but I, you, you have the, I feel like I've gone to hell and back four times and each time was deeper and more intense than the time before. And, and, and each time I didn't think it could get worse, but I will have to say that on the other end of that, the unfolding of my natural higher vibratory loving heart expansive universe I don't need to revisit that pain anymore because I've transcended it. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that egotistically. No, I really truly feel in my soul that it's been eradicated or I wouldn't be able to hold the amount of light that I have today. Right. Mm -hmm. So we do change our reality and things, you know, they just improve by leaps and bounds. I, th I think when you hear that phrase, the you create your reality, I think the problem is, is people are like, well, but I'm not thinking that. And it's because they're not aware of the unconscious stuff that's running through them. And right. that's for me, why I've had mentors that do energetic work because I can't see everything. Right. And so for me, it's been as I'll, there's sometimes I'll be shocked. Like, really? Where did that belief come from? I had, I didn't, I really, and I'll look to my mom. I'm like, is this something from you? Because I'll try to feel her energetically. Because we can, when we tune in, we can actually feel, even if you're not a twin flame, you can feel the energy of other people. Oh, absolutely. I could, well, my parents are both deceased as well, but I can feel both of them um, for a long, long time now. And I mean, I had a bad relationship with my mom too. And there was a, some stuff, you know, that went on when I was very, very young. And, um, and I was able to heal it with her in, well, actually I was in, I was under hypnosis doing a past life regression. Wow. And then, and she was my mom in that life too. And I found out some other stuff about, um, you know, my physical world as a child here because of that past life is, is also. And, and then we sat in council, um, my, my, my mother, my father, my, myself and my twin actually, after I had that past life experience. And so I really agree with you in terms of, having mentors who you know have special skills and can take you in different directions or give you information that you can maybe aren't quite readily able to tap into as easily yeah i love that i mean oh, yeah. i get a lot of my own information for the most part but i, I definitely think that that stuff helps us a lot 
Yeah, because it's, it's, it's... I've done a QHHT too, you know, the Dolores Cannon's uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique. Oh, cool. The, the one that uh, was all over the internet with the, you know, when's the event, and then one of the uh, practitioners was putting up people's sessions talking about this event, and anyway, um, that's really deep hypnosis, and it's super cool, and it goes on for, you know, four or five hours, you come prepared oh. with a big long list, and uh, even if you get up to, like, use the bathroom, you, you're kind of still in this, you know, under hypnosis, you can go and look back, lay down, and I got to see, you know, uh, other lives on other planets um that i hadn't been introduced to through my own meditation like as with my meditation practice i i know who my pleiadian self is um my arcturian self um and you know my guides and i have like so that's a really cool thing too and and the reason i'm always encouraging other people to like continue their meditation practice that you can shut your mind off it doesn't have to be connecting with you know, entities that you're having conversations with. I mean, it really can just be about getting to that zero point with no thought, even if it's for 30 seconds, it's beneficial to you. Yeah. And uh, way beneficial. Talking, talking here. Oh, oh. Yeah, there are times I, I've started um, listening to Solfagio frequencies. Yes, I love those. I yeah. do too. And I found one from, shoot, I think it's Meditative Mind, I think is the website. And they had this, this, um, mp3 of 10 different songs and they're 41 minutes each and yesterday i don't remember which one it was, was listening to but oh my gosh the mind chatter there are days where i have no mind chatter but yesterday breath just focus on my breath while i'm listening because if i attach myself to one of those thoughts it's gonna run wild because i feel it and there are other days where i'm like perfectly quiet and it's it's a daily thing it's a yeah, daily it is. thing yeah it's interesting too because I've I've really deprogrammed my mind from like the media to the most best of my ability other than you know having well I mean I don't I don't have a TV I've watched TV in years I'm not interested in it. I can't watch a show it's like ugh. and you know I don't know that kind of programming but I think for me like with my mind I um sometimes when I first get into meditation I actually have to literally say no thought I say the words <laughs> you know and I imagine I think Osho gave us this idea where you imagine your your brain to be a beautiful blue sky and here comes a thought and it's a white cloud floating through just in a feeling here comes a feeling feeling might be a little darker gray right so that's floating through they don't own you they're just coming through and they're going back out that's why you got to keep it functioning because if you don't process those or release them, then you get a really thick gray sky, right? That turns into a storm. And so you wanna, you know, just focus on not thinking. And then pretty soon you realize like, wow, I just had this couple, whatever length of time of not thinking. And it's such a cool feeling. It's such a cool mm -hmm. feeling. There's well, lots of ways to get there. Um, like I use hemi-sync music because it, it, I have ADD and that's what I use for it because it, it um, you know, it takes both sides of your hemispheres of your brain and it synchronizes them together. Right. So that, that helps the ADD thing. And yoga Nidra is a really great thing for body relaxation. Like my body was, I couldn't relax my body at all. And that that's, you can't, you have to be able to relax your body to relax your head. Anyway. Awesome. Let me see if there's anything else that Mr. Jonathan wanted me to ask you. We get, he had so many great questions. I know. Um, that. Ah, that's a good one. What are three strategies to help those who are giving birth to who they came to be to help them blossom into their fullest potential? Uh, yeah, three. Well, I think one of the first things, um, that we were just speaking of, and I, I can't even begin to tell you how much this has helped me to quiet your mind on a daily basis. Um, I think Abraham Hicks says like three minutes, that's all it takes. You just, you can sit there comfortably. Like you don't have to get and do a yoga pose or anything. For me, meditation is the number one thing that really does um, help us when we're 
giving birth to ourselves. We'll meet a lot of people in there, including our little girl, you know, like our inner self that we talked about and um, all these other aspects of ourselves. And it helps us process everything, uh, our anger, our hurt, our pain, our sadness. It helps us get into gratitude, our joy, our love, um, the beauty of, you know, our lives. And I, I, you know, we've talked about the other things too already. I, I really, for me, it's questioning everything um, because sometimes I find that I limit myself because I didn't ask the questions because I thought that that was only as big as I could get because I was too, you know, you ask the questions and the more fears come up because I was too afraid of the fear. I was too afraid to move in that direction. I was too afraid of my power of who I really could become, you know? Um, and I would also have to say, which we've also talked about, but to not be afraid of the pain. And I will say that I, you know, I'm, I'm older. I think a lot of younger people don't carry as much uh, trauma from their lives. I mean, not everybody, but I think that generationally as we evolve, you know, the kids are coming in with less and less um, pain that they have I hope anyway anyway I'm just saying for me it was a really hard journey I don't think it has to be that way for everybody but to not be afraid of that pain because that pain if you don't look at it it's going to lead you to physical ailments or it's going to lead you to depression that you just can't get a handle on or to addiction or to some form of malaise and those would be the three things that I could those are pretty awesome things (laughs) thank you you're welcome. It's, you know, it's hard because I think it's easier than it was 15 years ago because when you go on this personal journey, you don't know anyone and it feels really lonely. And fortunately, I live in Portland, Oregon, which is kind of a woo city. Yeah, you're so lucky. I have some friends and there's a Facebook group I'm involved in that's couple Facebook groups that are very spiritually oriented. And so I feel like I can share these things. But you know, when I first started out, and I'm like, okay, I actually felt my dad leave his body. Who do I say that to? You know, it's like, I I felt him like yeah, I know. It's beautiful. But it's like, that's insane. No, it's not insane. But it's not a language that our mainstream culture has to explain things. And when people have these experiences, it's kind of dismissed like, oh, you're just thinking that, or, you know, so this, this journey of going within, now I think it's more accepted. But even a couple of years ago, I was like, so you have some crystals here. That's, yeah. Oh, I know. Absolutely. My house is almost like a museum now. With crystals is everywhere. But um, I, yeah, I was thinking about that too, because I remember when I was younger, my, I had an aunt who was pretty psychic and her daughter too. And she told me that I had the gift, but that I was afraid of it. She told me this when I was young, mm-hmm. because also she didn't talk to other people about this, that she had this gift because, you know, you, you, you big, large, extended huge Polish family, but you know, you didn't talk about that kind of stuff. And I didn't believe her. And then, um, and you know, I do, I do. We all do so many of us, we just have to tap into it. You know, like I've been carrying rocks around me my whole life. They've been in my purse in the back of my car. Like I always had to pick them up on the sides of the roads on trips and stuff. And then one day I realized like, I, well, I can feel the energy. My, my hand is vibrating from that crystal that's sitting in it. You know, now, yeah. My hand just vibrates, right? I don't even have to call it in. But I mean, there's, it, it, and it's a natural thing. I don't feel like a witch because I, you know, it's, I right. mean, they, yeah, but other people, it's the perception of it for sure. I, I met a woman this week who, whose neighbors are um, of a fundamentalist Christian group and they call her a witch because she works with crystals and pendulums. It's like, she's not a witch. And she's feeling that energy of judgment. I was like, oh, honey, it doesn't, you know, I know 500 years ago, it mattered if somebody called you a witch because you'd be killed. And I know I have been. (laughs) So, um, you know, it is interesting though. It depends on where you live to a larger, a larger extent, I think, because like where I, where I'm from sort of, you know, this sort of at least on on a soft level spiritual speak was sort of mainstream common same with 
you know, the energy of crystals or having Buddhas in your garden or, you know, and really good uh, places to find amazing food that's high in nutritional value. And so it just depends on where you live, right? And then I moved to a different part of the country and it was like, oh, well, where's, where's the spiritual community here, man, right? And then I, and yeah, so you just have to find them. But we're few and far between, certainly in a lot of places, that's for sure. I, I grew up in Connecticut and I like to say I escaped from it <laughs> because I felt that my energy was so different from the culture right that my grandfather who was the one who saw me um, when he died i had to shut myself down because i was so far out there for everybody else that i couldn't relate and right. really it wasn't until i got to portland about 10 years no eight years ago that i started feeling like oh i'm not really that strange that's kind of nice feeling that way huh yeah I know, I, I know, yeah. I think it's even harder for younger people. Like one of my kids is super too intuitive and tapped in and and she's young and she's struggling, you know, to find her community because she's, yeah, you, it is. It, 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 even if you, even if your gifts don't come on fully, like I, I know mine haven't, because I, I actually, one day they came on really strong where I was getting clear audience all day long. Like it was so intense, I couldn't, I couldn't listen and like navigate through my day. I actually kind of put earplugs in my ear, in my energetic ears, you know, like got to turn this down a little bit for me. Um, but it is, it does feel lonely in a way sometimes. Yeah. Einstein had a good quote about that saying something like he doesn't feel the loneliness because he knows there are other spiritual souls out there also seeking. Mm. Right. And you do feel that. Yeah. Oh, it so, feel it. yeah, yeah, but, you know, and when I was growing up, I did not feel that, and it was like, right, well, how come, how come I'm the only one that can feel things and talk to animals and know what they're thinking, and you know, how, how, and I, I don't know if anyone else felt it because nobody ever talked about it, right? Yeah, like it would have been a nice conversation to say, hey, do you ever get this and not look at me like I had 10 heads? That would have been a really good thing, but I mean, it's, it's okay now because I love myself, right? which was an ever evolving process. Indeed. And, and my 10 year old is just like, you know what? I was just different. I'm okay with that. Cause she, she just knew it. And it was everyone else that didn't get it. And that's and she already knew that about herself and accepted it and was in her power. Yeah. And she, she, that's beautiful. She felt it. What happened was, so she's, she's there. And then the catalytic, no, cataclysmic, there we go. Not catalytic, cataclysmic event of my grandfather dying altered the landscape to a different planet. Wow. And so post that, I was completely lost. Pre that, I was completely comfortable in myself. I loved myself. I was like, I am so fucking amazing. And yeah, I have an explicit thing everyone on my podcast because it slips out every once in a while. On your toes. I know, man. I hear you. Gosh. See? It's never ending. And that's just it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just this process of unfolding and it is and it's beautiful and i'm so happy to be on this journey and uh, you know i was saying earlier that i just feel that the further down this path we walk the more expansed I, I can feel it right now it's like crazy the more I, it sounds trite to say this but i really truly mean it in the highest of senses that it you hold more love in your head you allow in more expanse for positive energy, high vibrational energy, um, love. And really that is what it is. It's love. Like it comes to you and you, and you, you affect everybody around you with that same energy. Right. 
and uh, and that's what makes it such a beautiful journey. And you know, truthfully, at this point, like where I'm at in my life, I can't imagine not having woken up because um, I look at you know a lot of people my age who are just coming home from work and sitting in their lazy boys and just turning on the TV and eating a frozen meal and and I couldn't live the rest of my life that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Um, I see. I see my trajectory of like how clean I eat, and I have three TerraCycle boxes just to make sure I'm not putting anything back on the planet because I I can't stand that energy. Um, right. And then I'm composting. I'm a manager of a community garden because I feel like I have to do so many things to compensate for everything I have done. My my negligence, like it just feels like I. I'm compelled. I'm not being pressured. I'm compelled because it feels so good to Contribute. be able to have that awareness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's amazing when you think about, um, like, I just found out, oh, I can't remember where it was, but so, you know, they, they don't even recycle in some parts of the country. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> It's just so crazy to me. <laughs> I know. It's like you think of like what is going on in the ocean right now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I've got a box for plastic bags and clamshells because I pick those little clamshells. I'm just, and then I got one for bottle caps because they have one for bottle caps. They have one for cigarette butts. I mean, TerraCycle will recycle everything. And it brings awareness to me of like, oh, I'm using a plastic bag. Right. And then, yep. oh, shoot, what do I do with this bottle cap? So it's bringing the awareness of like, okay, if I go somewhere and I buy something that's in a bottle, I have to bring the bottle cap home. And that level of awareness, I, I didn't, I'm not even aware of it really because I do it. But my, uh, my partner had this Earth Week last week. Or yep. two weeks ago, and they had this what you can do to up your recycling. And so he brings in TerraCycle and these are all like 20, 30 year olds and it's an engineering firm. And he says, you know, um, we have three boxes of TerraCycle and we compost and we recycle and Erica buys clothes from a company called 10 tree because they plant 10 trees for everything you buy. Oh, it's, nice. it's just amazing. And all of the engineers are like typing in this stuff and trying to figure out what, what I'm doing, because they thought they were being, you know, high vibrating, but then there's this, this woman that the senior engineer is with, who's, who's like 10 times higher than they are, and they're like, well, we got to do that, and I'm like, yeah, and you know, I can talk about my food, you know, seed chips are so good, and, and uh, what's my, my crackers? I have the most amazing crackers that are almond crackers. Simple Mills. They're so amazing. Oh, yeah, those are good. Yes. And I just eat them because that's, I don't eat gluten or anything like that. So it makes me feel like if I can educate people on stuff like that or like making their own lip balm in a glass container, just like these little. Well, my kids are doing those things too. And, um, I have two girls are 20 and 23, right? Oh, nice. Shampoo, they're, they're making their own, you know, body lotions. And she makes, one's been making her own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that the younger kids definitely, West Coast kids, for sure. I mean, I'm, it's the truth. Uh, you know, I've lived on all around this country. And uh, yeah, but then they sometimes they say that, you know, it's just the intention that you put out there yeah. that changes it collectively, right? That, that even the, even the whole idea of the sense of lack, like we, we lack enough food for the people on this planet. That is, it's a, is, is a belief system. Mm -hmm. It is. Right. And collectively we're putting that energy out there. So creating that reality. So, you know, how do we get everybody to, like, so making those efforts, like in, 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 it's got to start way out there, but what's so sad is that it's taken so long to come across the country, if at all, you know, that's what scares me. When I look at smaller countries in um, Europe, I remember, gosh, it, it's at least 25 years ago now, I remember when Holland stopped using tea bags and all the tea that you bought in that country had to just be loose leaf because tea bags come from trees. That's 
and and they're a you know a tiny landlocked country and they have to figure out come up with really innovative ways to get rid of their um their garbage you know so like and you know it just i remember like when the kids were growing up i was living in england and and every week our us our american family we had at least double the amount of garbage outside you know for the trash man than my neighbors did even my neighbors who had more children like um so it's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, we, we quickly changed our ways on that. And I'm talking, oh, yeah. this was a long time ago, but uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's perception and what we do with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, Piper, it is such a joy to get to know you. Mm-hmm. You too. I'm like so mine. grateful that we've been able to talk. And hopefully this will work and if it doesn't we'll have to talk again okay right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um anything else well sometimes people do want to know how they can connect with me i am on uh, instagram and facebook you know just type in piper willoughby you'll find me awesome sorry i said awesome yeah and that's it i have website uh, you can find me on Amazon, and that's it. You getting another book? Yeah, I am on the second edit. Uh, oh, it's, it's kind of slow going, but uh, this book is going to be written in sort of the style of. Uh, it's going to be a quick, quicker read. Not not so much like short snippety kind of things, and yeah, it's a continuation of the first book. Oh, nice! Looking forward to reading it. Should be good. Awesome. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for spending time with me. It's been great. The action item of the week is to start to let yourself feel your emotions without judgment. This is one of the biggest healing things you can do for yourself. So when you feel like you're getting angry, don't repress it. Remove yourself. Let yourself actually feel that emotion. Don't judge it. Just feel it. And keep feeling it until you allow your emotions to actually flow through. Just try it. It's amazing. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? Feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go.